1: Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans, for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans, where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. Hey, Star Wars fans, welcome back. Ez here, flying solo, hanging out in hyperspace, Matt is on vacation this week, so it is just me carrying you through the season finale of episode one of The Bad Batch. Uh, We'll have Matt back soon. Um, Like I said, he's just on vacation. We'll probably get together on Monday. So if we have more transmissions coming in, keep sending those. We have a great transmission today that I'll get to later in the show. I want to read to you guys and get some thoughts on this uh, season one finale of The Bad Batch. And crazy, 16 episodes kind of building up and... Evolving over time, we had cameos each week we had uh, Kane and Jarus uh, you, you know we had tons of um, we had Cad Bane, Fennec Shan, tons of, of different individuals showing up in the season. It was really cool and through all of that, you had the bad batch just growing, learning from one another and trying to figure out what to do when one of their brothers doesn't see eye to eye. Uh, remember star Wars is, is is a story about family, and I feel like this this bad batch is a family. One of the biggest lines in this was Omega saying uh, to Crosshair, "They're still your brothers. They're still your brothers." Which, you know, I thought was really important. But uh, and we see, you know, we we see like the 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 Republic, right? We see we see, we start with the Republic. We start with Order sixty six. We move all the way into uh, the Empire. What happens with Camino? This is this is a huge journey, just a nice arc. I think we all were kind of wondering after the Mandalorian what happened to to. Camino and to the cloners and to Topeka City now we know and it's it's wild uh so some bi- some big revelations things we're going to talk about some takeaways I actually have a theory I want to talk to you guys about uh for season two some tie into the Mandalorian stuff we've got Star Wars news uh we've been, we even have a conversation we I keep saying we I mean me and you right uh we have this conversation about coffee or calf so stay tuned that'll be coming up here in just a little bit, but before we do that, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? Guys, this is one of my favorite things to do because this is probably the best script Manscaped has ever sent out. Uh, If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation brand new Lawnmower 4.0 Kick your pubes into the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Matt and I have been having a a really fun time just making jokes about who would use this and uh, who needs it more in Star Wars, just a, just a really you know, good time. We could really, literally take a character, a list of bounty hunters and just, just roll through it. But uh, it is a great product, though. Inside the package, you'll find the lawnmower, 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear, nose, hair trimmer. I said this, too, the other day. I was like, Yoda needs the weed whacker. Right, the ear hair is insane. So, uh, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your solar system—that's pretty freaking awesome. So, uh, abort hairy balls, Buzz Lightyear, that Woody with Manscape. Get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code Fansided20 at Manscape.com. That's twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code Fansided20 at Manscape.com for a clean Trinity and beyond your space balls. Well, thank you. So, all right, before we get into uh, the show here, I also want to do a quick shout-out to a few of our listeners and and to some of our uh, patrons and people on Twitter. So, uh, Ryan, number one, just always giving us a shout-out. I think it's like on Fridays they do this sort of like... Uh, you you, you'll just see a lot of star wars podcasts listed in these threads and it's just awesome it's really cool because i get to see other star wars podcasts Uh, i get to kind of check out somebody else's page who is listening who's like an avid consumer of podcasts and so uh to ryan and then to anthony rule farm boy you guys are great really appreciate all the shout outs and all the love that you give us on twitter it's just um it's awesome keeps us going It's good. I cannot wait for Star Wars Celebration to get out there and meet folks. I was talking to my buddy Dave the other day. We still got to book our hotel, and apparently there was a a bunch of drama with the Star Wars hotel prices. I have no idea. Is there anybody you know near Anaheim who can just take? Take as in, you know, give me a little side room or a sleeping bag on the floor. Let me get to that convention. I don't know how expensive it's going to be, but uh, we got to look into that, actually. So um, anyways, but that'll be a lot of fun. That's going to be coming up. I think that's next year, spring, May. Is it May? I don't even know. I have to go check because they moved the date around. It was August. Pushed it up a little bit, so but it'll be fun to kind of run across uh, some of these folks at at uh, convention, and then shout out to our patrons: Amelia, Andrew, Larkin, Allison, um, Wes, Benjamin, Liz, and my good friend Matthew Perry. Just all great people supporting us over there on Patreon, and we have been uploading our Apple exclusive content and our Patreon exclusive content. So if you guys see that in the feed, that's just extended edition where we take a theory, Matt and I will kind of discuss something and just roll down uh, what we call a rabbit hole or, or whatever you want to call it in, in Star Wars terms, a wormhole. I don't even know. But, uh, yeah, we get kind of um, kind of wild with that. Now, other news coming up for the podcast. We have the Council of Elders. We are holding our kind of our first meeting of this, which will be either September 10th or September 11th. I'm really not sure. I'm coming back on the 9th. And I have folks reading Thrawn, heir to the Empire. And I know what you're thinking: Why would I have people go back to a Legends book and start in that trilogy and work through that for the next couple months? I'm telling you right now, Matt and I will be discussing on this show. We like to talk about Legends characters or aspects from Legends that could show back up in in the Mandalorian uh, or Ahsoka or what have you. And right now, one of the hottest topics out there is Ahsoka is chasing down Thrawn. All right, and The only thing that we have, when you look at Thrawn's story in canon, the only thing we have right now, uh, clues, I guess, as to what happens after episode six is the Thrawn trilogy. Like, even though, you know, in in Legends he was there, he was just a grand admiral, and then he kind of um, rises to power, emerges, Timothy Zahn brings him to life in 1991, and the Thrawn trilogy. So, I just think it's cool, and I think there's things to be learned from that, and I think there's connections to be made. One of them being all this cloning stuff that's going on, and Thrawn possibly having an allegiance with a with a, with a clone that could be a force sensitive clone or a Jedi Master Sabayoth situation. So, uh, Star Killer Matt often likes to talk about Star Killer and how how we could you know bring him back in and and possibly see Thrawn working with him, someone to kind of counter Ahsoka working under. Thrawn would be really cool so we're doing that if you guys want in on that just go to patreon.com forward slash hyperspace hangout or just type in hyperspace hangout you'll find it it's the council of elders Um, it's only it's only five bucks and it supports the podcast you get all the extended editions and you can show up on the council of elders which is really just us kind of um, hanging out in hyperspace it's exactly what the title of this podcast is it's hanging out in hyperspace and we're going to be talking about Thrawn we'll probably get into other conversations as well but I'm really excited and I've got like Three or four of uh, our patrons have hit us up saying that they want to do that. We've got two others who are kind of unsure, but they're thinking about it. And then I've got a few special guests, some of my friends lined up as well, who want to come in and talk about that. So that is just going to be a, a good conversation. So with that, before we get into a conversation about Star Wars news, did you guys know, so I'm sitting here and I'm drinking. I'm in Germany, by the way, still uh, out, out in Germany. And I've got my, my coffee or my calf. If you've read Legends books or if you've been reading into the Star Wars sort of um, literature, yeah, you, you I the I don't I don't know if the oh if the old Republic or I'm sorry the High Republic has mentioned this or not, but back in Legends they always had like uh, a cup of calf. And I just thought it was pretty pretty cool. I was thinking about it today and I was you know it's um it's a, it's a weak stimulant beverage. This is according to Wikipedia. Uh, made from calf beams native to, native to the planet uh, Garki and Kara or, or Chara maybe. Um, so anyways, but I just I always, always thought it was funny that uh, Han in one I think it was Legacy of the force had like a special calf maker and just enjoyed a good cup of calf all the time it was always going over and I, I thought about like Han solo later in life getting older and just you know, really enjoying a good cup of calf and getting his calf beans and all that kind of stuff and it's it's in the books and it's just another level that I think is kind of funny and cool and so as I was making my coffee today I was sort of like wow uh, having a good cup of calf so all right let's see here let me pull up the news So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge VR is back for another adventure this is um, I've not really been following this this is basically I well it's it's oculus right? I saw the news on this that it's titled Last Call. I watched their trailer, StarWars.com, release this, and uh, it looks awesome. So I don't have an Oculus. If you guys have one, I'm hoping Matt gets one so I can come out and visit him. I think he does have one, actually. I think we were talking about that the other day. So anyway, but it looks really cool. It's Galaxy's Edge VR, um, and the title of that is Last Call. I think it's coming out soon. I don't know if it's August or September, I didn't see the date on that, but it's coming out in the next couple months, and people are really excited about it, and it looks awesome, looks awesome, so, um, and then also, now that we've reached the season finale of Bad Batch Season 1, we're looking ahead, right, we're, we're saying Book of Boba Fett is coming up, we um, have news that The Mandalorian Season 3 is is underway, we even have some stuff possibly leaked from the Ahsoka series, which is which is cool, from Rosario Dawson. Um, yeah, so those things are coming up, but we have in production still Star Wars Visions, which is that animated series. I'm excited to see what that is is going to bring us. I have no clue on that, and I don't even know where to begin speculating on it. I just, I, I'm excited for it. So Star Wars Visions, um, we already said Book of Boba Fett, The Acolyte, I'm not sure if that's still going on or not, but it's, it seems like these are all the shows that were listed at the Investor's Day. Um, so I'm really hoping uh, we get more of these. We also have Obi Wan Kenobi series, Cassian Andor, um, Ahsoka, as we mentioned, and then Lando Calrissian. I keep forgetting about that one, but that's also out there as well. So um, those are those are going to be really cool when when they pop out. Now there is something else going on. There is the um, IDW Idea and Design Works. Um, I was on StarWars.com. This is a they've released a, a series. These are called Star Wars Adventures. This is Star Wars Adventures number eight is what's is what's out right now. The reason I'm bringing this up on Hyperspace now is because Ez has recently just dove back into the comics. And it's not something I normally do. I spend a lot of time just reading the books and the literature, but I was like, can I get into the comics and figure out where everything is? And Because sometimes Matt will bring up like the news is Luke's hand was found or Vader did something in the comic book series that's changing everything. Or we see Star, Star Wars Theory goes on there and talks about Palpatine. At one point, people were believing uh, Palpatine had created uh, Anakin because of a dream sort of vision, a dark side vision that Anakin goes through or Vader goes through um, with, with Mormon, Momin, Momin, I think is his name? Uh, dark side user in vader's castle just just crazy stuff like that and it turns out that's that's not the case just so you know but um i thought this was cool and i'm gonna start looking into this and maybe do a series we've talked about doing more frequent episodes here in hyperspace and getting more content out to you guys i really really like well you guys know this i love star wars but the comics when i can just once you get into them if you're just reading issues one two and three you're kind of like oh my gosh but once they pick up and you get to the end and you, you follow the story all the way through, it, it really is worth it. Um, and so I've sometimes just waited till the, the series is completed. For example, I just finished the Darth Vader, I think it's 2017, 2018 Vader comic series. And it is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, I think, something like that, or the Dark Lord. And I, I just, it's, it's basically his arc. Uh, all the way from the time that he has the suit on, right there at the end of Episode 3, carrying us through the creation of his lightsaber, all the way to Force Visions with Padme, and things, the the construction of his castle on Mustafar, and it's just really cool. It's really awesome, so that's an older one that's out there if you guys are into that. And then there's a new Vader comic that's out right now, uh, which is going on between Episode 5 and Episode 6, I believe and that's pretty epic. The main Star Wars saga, I I looked at this um, in canon. I think it's running from episode four, between episode four and episode five, and there's tons of issues of that, and it's just Luke figuring out, you know, his role in the Rebellion and Vader kind of tracking him down and things like that. So anyways, that stuff to me is really cool, and I've just kind of committed to doing more hyperspace, and I really want to get into it. So if you know more about this or, or know, oftentimes folks will ask me as where do I start with um, canon reading or legend reading because I've read so much of the literature. But comics, I'm not as strong on. So if you guys have advice for me on comics or a series that you think is worth reading, let me know. We did read the Poe Dameron series. Um, we also even read After the Last Jedi. Uh, there, was a short, there was a short run there. Uh, the Kylo Ren mini-series. I only finished the first two or three. I need to go back and kind of read all of that because there's some ties into the High Republic there as well. But anyway, just, just some cool cool stuff, some Star Wars news there for you guys to, to think about. All right. Um, oh, and uh, Star Wars High Republic, they did something. I don't know if I have this pulled up here or not. But yeah, there's a bunch of new books coming out. This will be January 2022. Their new wave of High Republic books are coming out on StarWars.com. They've got interviews. I think it was Comic-Con They did that virtual panel, and some of the authors were there just talking about uh, upcoming projects and what they're working on. So that is also really cool. All right. uh, Transmission. Time to move on here. We have a transmission. We're going to get into this Bad Batch discussion season finale. And our good friend, Captain David Snagarian of the NAV7, hitting us up with a transmission. Always excited to get these. And, again, for, uh, Matt, when he comes back, we have a couple more. So if you've been thinking about sending in a transmission, please do do so. It's hyperspacehangout.com. Um, Hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. There we go. Get it right. Uh, let's see here. All right. First of all, guys, uh, awesome. Good to hear from you guys again. Glad to see your transmissions are reaching the furthest corners of the outer rim, which is where Captain David is at right now. Uh, It can get pretty quiet out here. Like you both, I was a little hesitant about the Bad Batch, and I feel you on the Bad Batch blues. So yeah, there for for a bit in the middle of the series, Matt and I were a little down, right? Just not really into the bad batch not really sure where it was going to go and just kind of in a bit of a lull there but it we quickly got over that and and the series kind of took off for us which is great so it's been a great series it takes us deeper into star wars lore and i for one am glad i stuck with it same here yeah the finale wasn't quite as dramatic as we had all imagined, but it was still very action-packed, and I was pleasantly surprised. My biggest question is, what happened to Crosshair? Or I'm sorry, what happens to Crosshair now? Will he be welcomed back to, into the Empire, knowing he didn't stop his brothers? How will he get off Camino? All right, uh, and also we can't forget about Nala Se and possibly other Kaminoans. Uh, Will they be working for the Empire the way Galen Urso did in Rogue One, held against their will? The Empire is ruthless. Uh, the series is great because if Lucasfilm plays their cards right, they can set up the world in which we will see both Obi Wan Kenobi and Cassian Andor. I, for one, am looking forward to more. Can't wait to hear from other fans and their theories and their comments, as well as yours. Thanks again. May the Force be with you. And that is Captain David Snagarian of the NAV 7. So thank you to him for sending that in. Uh, a couple good questions here. So, yeah, what, uh, Crosshair, what happens to him now? That's a really good thought. You know, if with the Empire, are they going to take him back? Because uh, the last thing we see is Vice Admiral Rampart is told that he defected or that he the report was that he didn't uh, eliminate the bad batch so if they're still out there what kind of story is he going to spend to the empire about what happened and then also hunter is kind of saying hey this is the the empire did this they destroyed our air quote home um they're trying to do away decommission a lot of the clones move you into a different role and i think crosshair just thinks he's he's more than that he and he's value and that He's, he's valued or will be valued in a way that the other clones won't be because he's a member of the bad batch he's he's clone force 99 so i yeah i i'm I'm interested to to know how that's gonna shape out as well he's on that platform right and they did say they needed to leave before scout vessels showed up so I'm guessing some scouts are gonna come out and look for maybe survivors and try to eliminate them and they're gonna see crosshair and pick him up and take him into custody I'm guessing that's how how that goes down so um. Yeah, and then Nalase and other Caminoans. I so I'm a little confused on this. Is you know this world, Camino, Topeka City. I don't know how many other cities there are, and they don't show us that there could be others. I think we're allowed to assume that there are some. And this is really their. But then again, this is where their prime minister is at. Is he just the prime minister of that facility of the world? Or are there other factions or groups there? Uh, just be interesting to kind of because when you look at Naboo, you've got Queen Amadala, right, and you've got the Gungans. You've got these two different groups of people living on the same planet and having different kingdoms and what have you. So we know that's that's possible. It's not like one world is just all this one group of people, but that's all we know for right now. We know Topeka City, and we know the Kaminoans are there. Uh, uh, Lamasu is is out, and Nalase has been captured, and they're destroying Topeka City. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be interesting. And that was good for us because in The Mandalorian, we were speculating about Dr. Pershing and what did happen on Kamino. We didn't know. We had no idea. So now the clones have been moved out of there. Their technology has been taken over by the Empire and their city destroyed. So, you know, I mean, if you wanted to go in there and try to access some of their data, if you're another sci- scientific group or something or you're cloning competitor and you want to go get their stuff, I, I, I see why the Empire would want to destroy all of that and take that away, you don't want anybody competing with you or stealing what you think now is valuable um, information or data on cloning that Emperor Palpatine wants. So, yeah, there's that, and I, I totally think they're, um, just like Galen Erso, uh, held against their will, for sure. That's definitely that's definitely what's going on with Nala Se. so, yeah. Okay, um, let's see, other things here. Yeah, I... Um, the crosshair question is something we'll, we'll get into in just a second uh, as, as to what, where I think his arc is headed and maybe um, just this whole, this whole episode with him and, and dealing with the feelings that he has for the Empire, for himself, how he was lied to, and then how he's trying to... Uh, it almost feels like his actions, the, the way he acts in this episode, what he says is different from what he does. So he's saying these things, but you can see... You know when he saves Omega and Omega saves him and, and he's, he's still kind of following the, his brothers and, and still almost trying to convince them that there's a different way and they're trying to convince him that there's still a family that's just dealing with the difference of opinion or whatever. So yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. So, all right. Wow, Bad Batch season finale. My thoughts are this, guys. I know, and, and as Captain uh, David said there, some people found it a little bit uh, underwhelming, this, this last episode, that there wasn't, um, there wasn't enough. But I thought there was just enough. Just enough to keep us locked in, wondering. It was satisfying. There was st- it was still action-packed. You still had all the, di- the, the dynamic between Omega and her brothers and Crosshair and his brothers. And I wasn't sure if we were going to lose somebody at, at one point or the other. When, when Omega is, is falling down there, going after AZ, I thought, it's over. Or AZ doesn't make it, I, I thought, you know, something, someone's at risk here, and we could lose someone. We didn't, and that's a good thing, and we have a major cliffhanger. There's a good setup here for Season 2, which I think is awesome, and tons more to kind of speculate. So, Camino is, uh, Topeka City more specifically, is destroyed, and just for kind of a quick recap, like as they're working their way out of there, they find that underground sort of tube um, where they can get back to their ship and they're able to get out of the city. And I thought it was kind of cool. You almost had like a, a moment in episode one, there's always a bigger fish. I was, I was wondering if there was going to be like a, this, there's a fish uh, or a, a sea monster that shows up under the water. And when the city has power, it keeps, there's like a defense mechanism that keeps them from like chewing on the tunnels or like running into them and disrupting them or hurting them or something. There's this, a pulse that that keeps those sea monsters away. Now, when the city has been destroyed, that's gone, and the sea monster shows up. And I was just I was waiting for the bigger fish to show up, but Az gets up there, turns the power back on, and uh, shocks it, and it's out of there. But that was that was pretty scary. It was a huge monster. I would not, I, I this is a little bit afraid of the ocean, and so that episode totally just showed me again. There are things in the we don't know what's in the ocean, guys. We have no idea. And Star Wars is is highlighting that. And I think that's a lesson for all of us to take away from this is that. The ocean is full of sea monsters that we have no idea um what they're capable of so anyway uh that that was pretty cool, but yeah they they worked their way out of there. They eventually get back to naise's lab where there are the tubes um where they were created, and you look at those and Omega reveals and it's it's sort of uh, said to crosshair now that she is older than us and that she was created from Django's original, like the, the original DNA source. So she and Boba. Uh they're unalt. they're she's altered, but she's not given the age acceleration, right? So she has been altered and she's not a direct clone. Um Boba was that, so Boba is the Alpha, and then we have Omega, who has been altered and Nalase has done her work and you know, whatever she's done, I I feel like there's a lot more secrets that we're gonna learn from Omega about Nala say, about maybe even Boba Fett and Jango, and just where they kind of fit into all of this. I think I think there's a lot more coming on all of that. So yeah, the the escape was was next to impossible, which which is what I thought added a layer of um, uh, made it more thrilling, made it more action packed, if you will. We're not really fighting against um, the like stormtroopers or other Imperials, but we're just fighting against the elements. We we ultimately are fighting against them because they're bombarding the city and Topeka City is, is falling and being destroyed. So it was just a different way. They had to escape. And it just seemed like at every turn, Crosshairs mocking Hunter, saying we're letting Omega kind of lead the group now. And and really if it's good advice and this is you know, she seemingly knows this area and this terrain and the city better than they do. Uh, which which was which was clear. And so Hunter knows how to kind of trust in her and she, she gets them out of there. But yeah, now a big moment was, uh, when Omega says to crosshair, you're still their brother Wrecker at one point, even he's, he's crosshair kind of makes fun of him for having a tiny brain. And regardless of that Wrecker's like scolding crosshair, basically telling him he's in the wrong, you know, like you made the wrong choice Wrecker Didn't, um, and it's, it's weird because I, I keep going back and forth. We don't have the whole inhibitor chip. Like, when did it come out? When did he make these decisions? I'm guessing it was prior to Order 66. That's just implied, right? And I think we have to take that. Um, Omega was saying to to Crosshair in this episode, I wanted to believe that it was just the inhibitor chip. I, I really wanted to believe that. But it's just you. It is just him. It's It's who he is. Which is kind of cool, because they're clones, and you want them to have their distinct personalities. In the Clone Wars they did. Uh, so, so that's cool, and, and the bad batch more so. It's amplified. Their differences, their different thoughts and things are amplified. And you can actually see it in the, in, the, in the regs, in the clones, because some of them are choosing to follow the empire, and some of them are not. They're more and more saying, "This was the, re- the republic we fought for is, you know, it's gone. And this this empire is doing things that the republic would not have done. So what are what do you do in that situation? This is a big break, a big fracturing uh, point for the clone troopers. There's an episode in Rebels where uh, Rex is facing down like a tactical uh, strategy droid or something, and Ezra and Kanan are there, and it's sort of like the end to the clone, the final end of the Clone Wars, where it's established that the droids. And uh, the clones have a common enemy in the Empire. And that the, the, the person, I think it's Zeb, who says, like, uh, Ezra asked the question, so who won the Clone War? And Zeb says, the Empire. And he really is just pointing up, saying the Empire is here. And Ezra's like, yeah, you're right. It was the Empire. The Empire won. So the Republic didn't win. Um, the Separatists did, did not win. The clones nor the droids won that. It was the Empire. It was Palpatine. So, anyways... Yeah, there's there's kind of um, that's been interesting to, to watch how their personality, the personalities and the individual decisions of the clones are coming out in this in this series. Because one thing that Crosshair says is he wanted a choice. The inhibitor chip takes that away, and he wants this choice to kind of join the Empire. Which is the, the TK units. That's what that is the appeal to them is that they're loyal because they chose. They chose to sign up with the Empire. They believe in its doctrine and in its purpose and its goals. And I love the books, actually, that that describe uh, various Imperial planets where they're at peace and it seems to be working and everything is fine. Uh, And then you have the planets where they are controlled. They're taken in. They were a bit rebellious or the Empire doesn't trust them. And oftentimes, that's alien versus, like, human. When you look at that in the novels, a lot of the human worlds that are dominated by humans, they are more uh, Imperial or they go along with things, except for Alderaan, right? Uh, but a lot of these other worlds like Kashyyyk and things are just taken over by the Empire and they're enslaved. And the people on those other worlds don't see that. So I think it's Aiden Versio in the Inferno Squad when she goes out and about, sort of starts to realize once she gets out into the galaxy that the Empire is not what she thought it is and that it does things that she didn't realize. And that's... That's interesting. So um, that's the sort of what Hunter and the Bad Batcher are realizing with the Empire. Crosshair hasn't realized that yet, or maybe he doesn't care. And he's still just choosing, though, to be a part of this group. So, yeah, that's, that's um, definitely interesting. Uh, big question here was, Does has Omega met Boba Fett? Uh, did they leave prior to Omega being created, or was she much younger Maybe almost like an infant when we saw Boba in the Clone Wars. Because we, I, I'm guessing she's made after. I don't know if they were made at the same time. I don't think so. But she spent a lot of time in Nala Say's lab as if she were a secret. As if they did this. So Jango Fett asked for Boba Fett. He asked for that. Not, he did not ask for Omega. Nala Say makes Omega. So I don't know if they've met. I think I think Omega knows about Boba, but it would be interesting maybe he saw her walking around and saw like some semblance, you know, some, some resemblance there or or something. So that'll be interesting to see. There Boba Fett did not show up in this and we have the Book of Boba Fett series coming up, so we know who Omega is. We know she's close with the Bad Batch and the clones and the cloning facility and all of this, which also is a direct tie into Mandalore and Mandalorians going back to Jango Fett being um, a foundling, right? So that, I thought that was cool, and I wonder what you guys think about that. Did did Omega ever meet Boba Fett, um, or does she just know about him? Because if, if Omega steps on the screen in the Book of Boba Fett, and Boba's like, who are you? I mean... I don't know she'd have to be convincing and tell him show him or prove to him somehow that that they're related or i don't know that 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 was a little bit trippy for me and i think maybe season two is gonna is gonna dive into more of that uh uh that stuff so i and i'm also wondering is, is was there someone between the alpha and omega is there are, were there other variations or versions that uh nala Se tried that didn't work out so yeah there's that Now, um, I have just sort of a, just as a kind of wrap up here, just a short little initial thoughts. Those are my initial thoughts, just kind of going through some bullet points here on the Bad Batch season one finale. Do season two, I I just thought I would throw this out there real quickly and maybe you guys can send me a transmission as to what you think is going to happen in season two. But I started thinking about Nala Se and what she's going to be doing for the Empire And I take it back to our Council of the Elders and the the Thrawn Trilogy and what Emperor Palpatine sets up. Palpatine wants to preserve his life. He wants to rule forever. He doesn't want to just rule till the end of his lifetime and then that's it. He has a contingency plan. So we've learned in canon that there's a contingency plan where he wants to continue his rule. He has a vision going into uh, the Return of the Jedi, and he sees different outcomes. The one that he doesn't expect is the one that happens, right? But if that happens, he has a contingency plan. You have Operation Cinder. you have all these things that go into effect, and we're still dealing with all of that in the Mandalorian and Ahsoka series. It's all behind the scenes where um, his his top secret agents are working on these things. And I kind of feel like we're going to see that Moff Gideon is, is one of those people. I'm not so sure that he's working with Thrawn or that because the, the Imperials are, are splintered and fractured. So Moff Gideon's working on some type of cloning technology. He's got Dr. Pershing there, they're after the child. And it won't surprise me at all if Nalase shows up there and and is is really the person working behind uh Grogu's cloning and trying to make a vessel for Palpatine and his essence. So There's that. But I think in season two, one of the things that I think would be really kind of cool to see and that that might happen is the Bad Batch doesn't know that Nala Say I think, wants to continue her research and wants to keep doing these things. So will she be held against her will? Yes. But is she allowed to, is she given tons of funding and money to continue her research and her scientific work? Yes. I think she will be. And I think she'll fall in love with that work and not that, not that, not that I'm saying there's gonna be like a dark side Nala Say, but I mean, could you imagine she's a, she's really now given free reign to do whatever she wants, and she almost turns into like a mad cloning scientist or something, and and she starts to. You know, uh, work for the Empire. But the Bad Batch doesn't know that. And so if you're the Empire and you want to catch the Bad Batch, you want to lure them back in, you might have Nala, say, send out a distress signal as if she got a little free time, got out of her cell or got out of her office and was able to finally make communication and make a distress call to Omega. Um, and I think that would work because if Omega is willing to leave her in this, in this uh, last episode, they're floating to the surface she pops out of her tube, and she goes to save AZ, whose power is depleted, and he was the one helping them dodge the debris as it was falling down to the ocean floor. So if, if Omega is willing to jump into the ocean for a droid, for AZ, I kind of feel like Omega might, even if Hunter says, no, that's not a good idea, we shouldn't do that, I think Omega might say, I'm going to go do it anyways, because maybe she's close with Nala Se or respects her in some way or something and goes after them or it's the opposite maybe omega is saying no there's things you don't know about Nala say, and we shouldn't go rescue her it's okay but hunter and the rest of the group says what are you talking about we we need her she's imprisoned it's the right thing to do we should go get her and omega then eventually you know helps them see that now she's different and although she created us and stuff she's not like our mother right she's not that caring or whatever she sees them as property sees them as and that was clear that was clear in the series that that's their intellectual property and they didn't see them as individuals and, and as you know free spirits or whatever so i think omega will tell the bad batch that as they attempt to rescue nala Se, and they may get there and they're in a trap and they have to they need help getting out and then you see that nala Se is really just very much wanting to get them back in her possession so that way one helps the empire but she really wants omega omega who she can continue kind of experimenting with and maybe getting omega it seems like they wanted omega because of her genetics and the genetic material that they could acquire from her the bad batch it's third generation boba fett is nowhere to be found he's out doing his own thing much more difficult to reach but omega is someone that they could still get to so i kind of think that's what season two is going to be about, that Nala Se will be used in that way, will be lulled into being sympathetic for her and wanting the Bad Batch to go get her, and the big revelation will be that Omega says, no, she's not what you guys think, and we shouldn't go, it's a trap, and she sniffs it out. One way or the other, whether she's the one who wants to go and Hunter says no or vice versa, either way, I think that would be that would be really cool. So... All right, that is basically it, guys. Um, Just my initial thoughts and a little bit of theory there on on where we think we're going to go with Season 2 of The Bad Batch. I'm excited. It gave us stuff to, to speculate on. I think Matt is right. He's been talking a lot about Omega being in either The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett, and she doesn't have the age acceleration. So she can live a lot longer, and she's someone who can provide context to. She can tie The Mandalorian back into... The prequels very well. Boba Fett does that, but a lot of people associate him with the originals. And I think Omega now can take us back to the prequels more, and I think that's awesome. Grogu does that as well on his own. <laughs> so there's that. All right, friends, uh, don't forget to send that transmission. Again, we'll be back to a regular show with Matt uh, once he comes back from vacation. So I think that'll be probably Monday or Tuesday. You can expect us to get on here and record, get his thoughts, follow up with more of your transmissions, theories, and we'll, we'll cover some of this news. And really, from here on out, We're looking at the Book of Boba Fett. So if you have thoughts and theories as to who you think, Legends character, canon character, doesn't matter. If there's someone who you think we're going to see in the Book of Boba Fett, let me know. Send me a transmission so we can talk about it. We're making YouTube videos out of those, and uh, that's going to be exciting. We also have a special guest from Star Wars Legends that we're in contact with, and I think you guys are going to be a little little shocked as to who we might have on the show in either September or October. Really excited about that, and it's a character we might see in The Mandalorian. I don't know. I'm I'm excited to, to to talk to this individual. So, send us those transmissions uh about the upcoming shows. Let us know what you think there. So, with that, uh we will be back soon with your Star Wars thoughts, your origin stories, uh or again, we love to hear the memories from a galaxy far, far away. Whether it's just your you know, you getting a toy, getting introduced to it when when did you get introduced to Star Wars? You know, was that uh Rebels, uh was it Episode 1, Episode 4, or was it the sequels? So, let us know. Um, what where, where you guys kind of started out there in Star Wars. All right, friends, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write that review, leave a comment, or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. We will see you next time. And remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops.